This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is The Property Show and I'm Mark Tan. On July 27, the government launched a National Energy Transition Roadmap, or known as NETA Part 1, which outlined the country's plans to accelerate to a high-value green economy. Now, Minister of Economy Rafizi Ramli launched Part 1, which contained 10 flagship initiatives, and a few of those initiatives would have caught the eye of the property and construction sector. One of those exciting projects is NETA's explicit inclusion of households, offering an income opportunity from leasing out their rooftops for solar power generation. And there were also other projects for industrial zones for carbon capture, utilisation and storage. Today, we speak with Dr. Tan Lukman, Director of Aki Centre. Good morning, Dr. Tan. Good morning. Now, why don't we start off by just getting, what's your opinion on NETA? I think NETA is an incredible master plan and roadmap. It is something that's really essential for this point in, in our nation's history. Energy is the key to everything, to businesses, to daily life. And um, this transformation roadmap is very important. If you don't remember any other roadmaps, this is the one to sit up and look at it. So I think what needs to happen now is to go back down to the SMEs, go down to the layperson, to the house owners, to the house purchasers, to the developers, and to really brief them on this yeah, because it will touch all levels of life. So in terms of touching all levels of life, let's look at our own homes. So what are Netta's plans for households? Because there is a project to lease rooftop space for income generation. I think when you look at solar, you need to consider a few things. Number one, we are a lucky country. We have sun all year round and it's free. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of landed houses and a lot of roofs that are only doing one thing, keeping the heat out and uh, sheltering homes. We can actually transform these spaces and make it revenue generating as well as to generate green energy. But how does this scheme work? If I understand correctly, I'm allowing somebody else to put a solar panel on my roof. Is that correct? How it works is, um, I think let's go back to the origins of it. I think when I got involved in Green Building Index in the late 2000s, I did a house and uh, my house is a GBI platinum rated house. There was a scheme at that time to promote solar panels on roofs. It was called Surya. Surya scheme where we could put 5 kilowatt peak on the roof. But solar was very expensive then. It was 20,000, 1 kilowatt peak. I had 5 kilowatt peak on my house. So it cost me 120,000 ringgit. But I beat the bullet. I did it because I wanted to show that renewable energy was the way forward. Many years later now, after government has changed uh, policies many times, it became quite difficult to even get solar panels on roofs. There were quota systems. You had to go online to get into the quota. And then later, there were restrictions on the amount of kilowatt peak you could put on. But this transformation roadmap opens the door. It opens the floodgates now for everyone to have an easy access. Now, it hasn't happened yet. It's just an announcement. But I hope that all the players along the chain will start to cooperate and make it easy for people to actually put solar panels on roof number one and have the opportunity to trade it, to maybe lease it out and let, you know, let somebody use the energy and the space. Correct, because I read an article that if Malaysia wants to achieve 
60-70% of solar power generation, then the residential homes really have to come into the picture. Because like you rightfully said, those are ready spaces available for you to attach and install solar panels on top of it. Correct. I think the transformation roadmap targets 70% renewable energy transition by 2050. To do that, you need a lot of land if it's basically solar. Um, Malaysia, unfortunately, we cannot rely on wind and we don't have wave technology. And um, so solar is actually free. It's readily available. To set up a solar farm, you know, for one megawatt, you need about five acres. So to actually achieve this 70% transition by 2050, you need a lot of land. So you've got to balance that out with food security and not cutting down the forest. So you have to look at where else can you find ready space to put uh, solar panels for renewable energy. And there's definitely a lot of ready space on the rooftops of all the houses that we have. Ready and waiting. Now, we don't see many solar panels on top of the existing private residential homes. What can Tanaga National Berhad do to actually create better awareness and promote this wonderful scheme? I, I believe that Tanaga, which is our utility company, has a big role to play. When I did the Surya scheme, they were extremely helpful. It was just that it was limited to 5 kilowatt peak and I wanted more, I couldn't get it. Then later on, for all my projects that I do for custom-built houses, as an architect, all the houses want solar panels and we want more than as much as we can put on the roofs. Then there was this time, this period where they limited it to 10 kilowatt peak. And there was a period that the quota was only a few megawatt and you had to sit down in January, you know, almost like trying to get co-play tickets and you have to log in and try to get into the quota. So along the way, the policies have been very deterrent. And uh, to actually facilitate it to happen, maybe we should, you know, when you sign up for electricity, you should have an option, do you want to be RE ready? For example, RE ready, you just tick the box, then another fill up form comes up and you immediately fill it up and you get approved for it. Then you need to find a, a good contractor, a reliable one to get it fitted onto the roof. So those are for new properties, but for the existing properties, how can the Naga National or maybe the government implement policies that's really going to encourage the M40 common man to really put that solar panel up his roof? I, I think there are, there are people who say that uh, solar PV are for the rich because it, it does cost a bit of money. Mind you, the cost has come down considerably. I mentioned earlier on when I did it under the Surya scheme, it was 20,000 one kilowatt peak. In 2020, I got, uh, I got another 20 kilowatt peak fitted onto my roof and it only cost me 4,000 ringgit a kilowatt peak. It's come down five times. And uh, the payback period changed from 18 years to six to seven years. So now it's a no-brainer. Six to seven years is very fast. And I can vouch for the solar panels. Mine are already 12 years on my roof. I have not had a problem with them. So it can last a period of time. Then comes the other question. How do you help the average terrace house homeowner? Because it still costs you about 20,000, 30,000 ringgit. Um, how do you foot out that kind of money? And I think that's where the banks have come in. I understand there's a green uh, credit now. You can get a credit card and if you buy a solar panel, you don't have to come out with any money. Yeah, I think one bank has also come out with green financing for solar panels, not, not quite recently, but I think yes, a couple yes. of weeks ago. So, so it's good to see that the finance sector has, has now taken a lead in it. Now, you're also right, like all other technologies, right? As the technology becomes more efficient, the cost will come down. Obviously, the energy efficiency levels of those solar panels will get better as time goes on. 
So earlier on, you said that our country will find it very difficult to have wind because we're just not in the right territory. But beyond solar and wind, should Malaysia be considering something else? For example, hydrogen. Given our natural resources in Sarawak, uh, would hydrogen also be a potential green energy for us? Hydrogen has has a lot of potential. It is uh, it's probably like a Nikolai Tesla type of experiment it could break through and really transform the whole world. I, I'm always in support of innovation. And if you don't try, you don't know. And, and you know, people always say that we should catch up with the rest of the world. But I always believe that Malaysia, as an incredible country, we should look at leapfrogging. And Sarawak, by taking a lead in this, it could actually leapfrog the rest of the world. And um, I, I wish them all the success. And I, I think that, you know, there's a lot in hydrogen that, that can be explored. Now, besides this flagship project, there's also been talk of the Corporate Green Power Program. Help us understand how does the program benefit the property and construction industry? Okay, this, <clears throat> this is um, actually the, the real game changer. Um, I heard that it's come on board and then the first projects have been awarded where you can actually have, um, for want of a better word, a, a solar farm. It can be a... It can be a strata community, roofs on, on a strata community. And you can actually sell it to another single user or single buyer. And of course, you've got to sell it to the grid. So TNB has a big part to play. So for example, you could be in Shah Alam. You sell it into the grid, which is run by TNB. And a buyer in Singapore or Johor buys it, you know, because they are doing a product that requires green energy on their accreditation, you know. So I think the bursar has also started to, and if it hasn't, it will soon require, you know, companies to show their green credentials, accreditation. And some of these manufacturing companies or even offices, they actually are required to use green energy. So so you can, that's how the thing works. It, it, you can actually be in a different place. You can harness the energy and harvest it, and then you can sell it through the grid to another party. And we got a neighbor in the south that has all tall buildings. They got no land, and they got very small roofs. They need renewable energy, and Malaysia is well-placed to actually address that. Mm. On the property show this morning is Dr. Tan Lokman, Director, Aki Centre. When we come back from the break, we get the reaction of property developers and stakeholders to NETA. Welcome back to The Property Show, where we have Dr. Tan Lukman, Director, Aki Centre. Before the break, we look at Natter's solar plans for individual homes, other renewable energy sources, and the Corporate Green Power Programme. Now, Dr. Tan, how does integrating renewable energy into the property and construction industry provide economic, operational, and marketing benefits to our key stakeholders? I, I think, you know, 15 years ago, the building industry took a lead in climate action through Green Building Index and... Uh, I dare say that most of our new buildings today are, are green rated, green certified. Um, but the government was very slow in, in following in that sense. Of course, we have had quite a few change of governments. That's why I'm quite impressed by our, this launch was done by two ministers. Last time it was even so difficult to get one minister to work. Now we've got two ministers and smart guys and they've put this together, launched it. And I, I think they have understood what the real game changer for the economy will be and its energy. So what happened was after, you know, all the buildings have been transformed to be green, we, we found that the financial sector was very slow in ca catching up. 
and as well as that, government policies. So this went on and on and on, and that's why the roadmap is uh, the transformation roadmap seems to be a, a real surprise to us that it's suddenly come out and we are so happy for it. But the building industry has got tired. It, it tried to bring about change, and now when the change has happened, unfortunately, it hasn't trickled down to, to the SMEs, to the, even to the professionals, architects and engineers. They haven't grasped all of this yet, how important this roadmap and this opening of the floodgates are. And I think a lot needs to be done to engage with the, especially the roof, roof material suppliers, the contractors. We don't need a double-layered roof. The solar panels can actually be fully integrated. And for developers, they can actually sell a house and say that it's RE ready. If, if you don't want to sign them up immediately, give the power back to the homeowner, let them click on the TNB utility website, say, I want to apply for RE. Let the bank give him his free credit, if there's such a thing. Then the only thing now are for the contractors, the specialist installers, and the developers to work together and develop what I call innovate and come up with an integrated system or a click button to apply for it. And immediately you can get it fixed and it's ready. Now, as part of part one lodge, the economy minister did talk about Saim Darby property as a case study. Can you please help us understand more about it? I think in the announcement, uh, Saim Darby was one of the flagship projects, Almina. Um, I, I like what they're doing. I like their green credentials and green vision. Um, it's not something that's impossible to do. Um, I think earlier on, you know, when I was doing green like 15 years ago, SP Satya was, was taking a lead in this. And um, Eco Park, we had phases that under the Surya scheme where we had solar panels as well. But that was done to individual owners and <clears throat> it was through an application through Surya, the scheme. So now under NETA, if it's open to everyone and the floodgates are open, um, I think there's great opportunity for developers to take a lead in it. And, you know, a lot of projects today are strata title. So actually the outer skin of the roof belongs to the community. It actually doesn't belong to the owner. Yeah. So under strata, you know, the, the inside of the wall belongs to the owner. The outside, you cannot simply repaint your house. Yeah, you can simply yeah. renovate or yeah, change correct, your gate. Uh, it belongs to the community that you live in. So the, as a community, you could actually decide, you know, or you, as a developer, you, you decide ahead for them that this community is a green community. And, and you, can lease out the, you, you can actually lease out the, all the roof space, generate income for them to... In the early days, we thought it would be used you know, to run the community, pay for landscaping, for watering, for maintenance, security. But under NETA, now you have the option to actually sell it as well. Yeah. Now, there's also one concept that's been with us around for some time, which is the concept of a smart city. Now, I know traditionally smart cities is very much IT-centric, IoT, you know, able to switch on your lights, aircons from afar, right? But my question to you, I suppose, is given where we are today, should a smart city concept still exist? And if it does exist, shouldn't we be thinking more about green tech and green mobility in these cities and obviously as part of our 2050 zero carbon goals? Green cities have, have been around for, for a while, or the desire to, to plan green cities. GBI has a tool called uh, Township Tool, 
initially we started with buildings and then we started to realize that the big mama is actually townships. And, and Malaysia is one of few countries in the world that develops a lot of townships, you know. You don't find that in Singapore or elsewhere, but Malaysia develops a lot of townships. We still do have the abundance of land. Oh, and, and we got we got a, a growing population. Uh, and, and so if you use the right template, for example, GBI township tool, you can actually build a green township. Um, we got a few things that are lagging. Of course, the, 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 the elephant in the room is public transport. And a lot of these townships are in locations that do not have public transport, mass rapid transit. So I, I, I would say that maybe a third minister needs to get involved because really the transport and traveling to work and traveling for shopping and taking kids to tuition is actually a big carbon emitter. So if you look at our neighbor down south, they do not open a township unless there's already an MRT. Mm. There's a mass rapid transit. Here, we open land further and further from, from the center, but our transport routes are not following. Infrastructure, energy infrastructure, transport infrastructure, when, when an economy is down, the government needs to spend. And that's where they should be spending their money on because it will have a long-term benefit to the community. Now, when it comes to Malaysia, the perception obviously is green building certification does come with a higher cost, a higher premium. Is that true? I'm not sure. But I guess, will Malaysians pay the premium for green building certified properties with all these energy efficient features? Okay, we have got about 12 years of uh, data through certification of green buildings through GBI. Um, the cost of going green is actually almost negligible. Maybe, you know, to get certified level is zero if you plan from day one. To get platinum is probably maybe 5 to 10% more. But you get at platinum level, you get a building that doesn't, like my house, I don't pay for electricity and we got platinum. So you get a lot more benefits from it. I think as the communities and the younger generation especially, they are a lot more aware of climate change. And I think developers should start looking at even saying, you know, of course, there's a, that we've got to be careful of greenwashing of people who are lying through their teeth and say that my community is green. So there needs to be probably something like a GBI township certification or something. And they got to start marketing that this is a green community and you're RE ready. You know, you can start generating money to pay for your maintenance fees. So every month you don't have to actually come up with money to pay for security guards and maintenance of your gardens. Another one of those interesting projects that was announced by Netta was the Opportunities for Industrial Zones for Carbon Capture, Utilisation or Storage, CCUS. How real is this possibility and could our industrial land uh, zones or REITs benefit from it? Uh, carbon capture is a, quite a different thing. I, I think Petronas is a world leader in that. As it, uh, to generate oil and gas, you, you, you actually have a byproduct of a lot of carbon and uh, Carbon capture is something that is very specific to that industry. And I dare say we are world leaders. Um, in terms of industrial zones that, that can boast of having green energy, you, you, need, you need a lot of land and a lot of roof space to generate the RE for it, or you, you buy it from someone else who produces it, or you buy it from a housing developer who, who, who are building, you know, who, who's building a lot of landed property with 
solar panels on the roof. Dr. Tan, thank you very much for your time. On The Property Show was Dr. Tan Lukman, Director, Aki Center. This is BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.